so doing another live video here appreciate everybody for watching just to start out if this is the pre-recorded version uh, I will check out your comments go ahead and leave a question right now and I'll get to it tomorrow so we're starting this video with leftover questions from yesterday and start out with uh, Christina asks if you're not someone who knows about the mechanical aspects of vehicles how do you ensure the bus vehicle is solid mechanically when you're looking to purchase so Christina what I always suggest um, people especially in the school bus realm as I mentioned yesterday like the tires are $500 a piece the fuel system the p-pump and a lot of these buses cost anywhere from two to three thousand dollars which is you know what you pay for the bus itself sometimes I highly suggest paying a mechanic it's a hundred two hundred dollars it's just a small little investment if you will into your future so you don't get a dud I would highly suggest hiring a mechanic to come out and take a look at it uh, you can check out, um, you know, you can go to Google and just look up mechanic shops, find a mechanic shop with four and a half stars up, call and see if they do any type of mobile services to where they can go check it out or see if the seller can actually go drop it off at the shop and see if they can do a routine check. You might have to pay for that yourself. The seller might pay for it or the mechanic might be you know able to work with you if it does need some work done you can you know sometimes negotiate down the price from there so I highly suggest you get a mechanic to check it out I mean with buses I know a decent amount of buses but still if I was to buy a bigger bus like this you know a diesel I would have a mechanic go check it out before I purchased it just because it is a big investment and you know the tricky part is a lot of times if you get a rig and you start investing in the interior build then you already have that money already sunk in so if if there is mechanical issues that keep popping up you know you're going to keep investing into something that could be a dud from the beginning so it's way better to get that checked out mechanically first uh, appreciate everybody's for appreciate everybody that's watching if you do have any questions leave it in the comments down below right now i am just going over the comments of the people that left last time um, paula asks i love your bus thank you very much paula um, i'm assuming your mail is all electronic wi-fi so I have a business address in Tennessee, and I'm in and out of Tennessee all the time, so I'll just go pick up that big stack and take care of things as I need it, but a lot of the other stuff is electronic. Uh, Wi-Fi, uh, the bus has a PepWave system where I'm able to insert a cell SIM card into the device itself, and I have a booster, and it transmits a Wi-Fi signal within my bus, and I also have a uh, Verizon jetpack that I use as well as a backup if I need to go into town I could bring that with me and then my cell phone has I think it's 35 gigs per month and I don't upload or download on my phone because say the jetpack doesn't work or I leave it in the bus or whatever I will use my phone but I'm just very sparing with with the data I have on there because I run out every month uh, so that's how I do that uh, my uncle Kurt's how is having uncle Kurt as an uncle he's ready to go mushrooming so for those who don't know Morel um, mushrooms grow in Indiana and we go mushrooming and I'm actually planning on being back in Indiana for that because I want to go every single year because it's one of the it's like a Easter egg for adult Easter egg hunt for adults and Morel mushrooms are some of the best I've ever had in my life it is so good um, going through the questions here Leslie retired age 60 military kids okay with learning curves traveling with two pups what would you suggest for going tiny uh, Leslie 
That is a very good question. I see a lot of retirement age people going into the class C and small class A route. Um, being that you don't have to build it out, uh, you can typically get it, well, before the pandemic, you can get a used RV for, for a decent price. And, you know, you can have a slide out with that, which creates a lot of extra room. And then you can get on Facebook groups. Um, you know, pre-pandemic, there were gatherings like RTR out in Quartzsite, Arizona, where you could meet more people, you know, kind of in the same situation as you. And you kind of build tribes and you travel together from there. I see that a lot, actually. Um, but again, um, I have no personal experience with that. But the people that I have met, a lot of them will get the Class C or Class A RVs you know, six or eight years old, um, and then they basically customize them to, to their needs from there. Um, class A, Class C, you know, that's perfect size for, for two, two kids or two, two dogs. And uh, yeah, hope, hopefully that, that helps. I would uh, definitely join some Facebook groups, um, you know, full-time RV living, um, get some feedback, ask if there's any retirement age people on there that are looking to do it. And that is if you're, you know, looking to go full time on the road, if you are looking for more of a, uh, more of a stationary place, I would suggest calling different builders and, uh, see what they have on their website for single level tiny homes. Because as you get retirement age, you don't want to be climbing up and down a loft every day. And they're starting to become more and more single level options out there for people that are interested. So hopefully that helps. Going through the questions here. Uh, Tina Williams, will you give us a tour of your rig? So um, I have a tour of my rig. It's actually in the comments. Um, and I'll be doing another one here pretty soon once I line up with one of my videographers. It's hard for me to film the tour myself just with the camera angles and everything. But I do have a quick one that Wes helped me with, with uh, Transcend Existence. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a full rundown, but we'll go more in depth once I get a videographer out here. Becca, I'm in the process of building a 200-foot tiny house. I have two lofts, and I'm thinking of what kind of water to put in right now and looking at a bookcase ladder because everything else seems to be that way. I have two lofts, and I'm not quite sure what you're asking, um, what, what kind of water. Um, I mean, if you're asking about drinking water, I mean, I, I have two 100-gallon water tanks um, in my bus, and I use my Berkey to filter water, if, if that's what you mean. Berkeys are fantastic. I absolutely love my Berkey. It aesthetically matches my bus, and, you know, I, I could use lake or river water if need be. Um, going on to the next question. Hopefully that helped, and if that didn't answer, just write in the comments if you're watching this now or the recorded version, and uh, get more clarity on that. Isabel, yep, tour the bus. I need to link that. Actually, it's it's linked in the comments. Um, it's the YouTube video, Raised Roof School Bus, Tiny House, Time Lapse, Start to Finish. Uh, Deborah, how do you finance this way of living? So right now, I guess you could say that I run three businesses. They're, they're, it's all in the same tiny home camper van realm, but uh, run three businesses, built a team up to help me manage it. And yeah, 
So just going the entrepreneurial route, but a lot of people, um, a lot of people have remote jobs. I mean, like, like I mentioned before in the previous video, you can check out, uh, websites like flexjobs.com. You can check out, uh, remote.co. Um, they have jobs on there. They have freelance and they also have like full-time with benefits, 401k health insurance jobs that you can get on there depending on your skill set. Uh, but for me personally, I went the entrepreneurial route. It's definitely a little bit more risky, but I absolutely love it. And yeah, it's it's worked out really well for me. Dan, thank you. She says, I love your bus conversion. Thank you very much. I love it too. So those are all the questions from, or all the, all the comments from last time. Um, heading back over to the live. Amanda. Is security an issue in urban areas if you need to park overnight? So for everybody watching, if you do have any questions, I'm going to be on the live questions right now. So go ahead and write those uh, write those questions in and I'll get to those. But for Amanda's uh, question, is security an issue in urban areas? So I haven't done as much urban camping now in my school bus than I did in the early days. And in the early days, I would mostly do urban camping because I really didn't know about public land. It Like the, the rigs I had before were not necessarily set up to go out into the country and stay for a while. Like I was basically just bouncing around nonstop seeing the sights. Uh, so I never had any issues. The only time I ever had anybody mess with me was actually a cop like multiple cops actually. Um, one time I was parked in Astoria, California. This was back in 2012 or 13, some, somewhere around that area. And uh, they had a uh, little bit of a drug problem in that area. So I think they're a little bit more stringent on, you know, transient people uh, going through the area. I was one of those included. Um, so basically it was to the point like, so in, in the camper van, it had a bed in the back. It was a Class B. It was Zeppelin 1. And what I would do is leave the blinds open a little bit, and then I would close the blinds around the bed area. And then uh, that way he could shine his light in there and see the bed, but I was all covered up, so he couldn't really see me. It just kind of looked like blankets everywhere. And it got to the point where he was, like, hitting my windows with his flashlight so hard I thought he was going to break the windows. He was, like, shaking the van trying to get me to get up. But if I didn't move, if I didn't show I was in there, he couldn't do anything about it. Like that van could have been parked there and I was staying with a friend or whatever. So I just stayed still and he was there for a good half an hour, at least like trying to get me to move out of the van. Uh, other than that, I've never had any issues. I mean, there's, there's a lot of tips and tricks. Like for example, I would, um, Let's, let's say I it's nighttime and I'm getting ready to urban camp in a city. I would go to a gas station. Um, I would brush my teeth. I would change into my pajamas. I'd get everything ready in the van to go to sleep. And then I would uh, get on Google Maps and just scout out a, an area, a neighborhood, like a nicer looking neighborhood. And this would be like 10 or 11 at night. And then I would go to the spot. Um, all the lights are off. I would turn the engine off and just immediately go to bed because I was already ready to go to bed. I already got everything set up and ready to go. And then I would not move at, at all. And then I'd wake up early. And only then would I open the blinds and 
you know, kind of hang out around the van because if they called the cops then or if somebody wanted to do anything, I mean, it's, it's, it's already morning. And then I would, you know, wave to the neighbors and then be, be on my way. So I've, I've really never had any issues with urban camping. And I'm not saying that it's not out there. You know, maybe I've just gotten lucky, but I did that for two or three years without any incidents other than cops knocking on the window, you know, uh, and it, it's, it's really not a big deal at all. Hey, Cody, thanks for stopping by, bud. Uh, yeah, so if anybody has any other questions on tiny home living, whether it be making an income, whether it be places to park, whether it be, you know, community or how just, just anything, uh, be sure to write that over in the, uh, in the comments. And the, uh, thing I'm doing today is we are building a five window school bus. We are cutting it in half and raising the roof, and we are hoping to get the um, the sheet metal put on the side and frame out some windows possibly. We're putting an elevator bed in the back, and then we're going to do a 4x4 conversion on this rig, and it's kind of a showpiece. We're working with different companies. We're working with, uh, with Battleborn for the solar kit. Uh, we're working with Trinity storage for the kitchen area, like a butcher block uh, toolbox that we're going to convert into the kitchen. Uh, we're doing an elevator bed with uh, with Happy Jack. So the back bedroom area will actually come down for when it's sleeping time. And whenever it's time to uh, like daytime, you're wanting to hang out, that bed will actually raise up. And then there'll be like a little couch area to... Uh, to hang out. Oh, got a lot of questions. So I'll be here for a little bit. Okay, we'll get to these questions. Amanda, would you say two people in a converted vehicle need an income of $3,000 before health care insurance per month? Uh, it depends on your age and it depends on how much money you have in the bank, right? Like, are, are you just trying to tread water? Are you trying to put some back for retirement? I mean, it, it's really dependent on your situation. Um, for me personally, it costs me $1,200 per month to live on the road. That's health insurance, vehicle insurance, diesel, food, Netflix, Funimation, self, like every expense I have is around $1,200 a month. And there's a buffer in there for eventually something's going to break on this bus. So $3,000 is definitely doable. It just depends on, you know, are you eating out every night or are you going to Costco and getting food? Well, I guess Costco, if you're, depends on the size of your vehicle, but let's just say grocery store. Are you going to the grocery store and cooking all your own food? Then $3,000 a month is definitely doable, um, in my humble opinion. And a lot of people I talk to live well within the means of $3,000 a month. But you do have to have that safety net of, you know, I would say easily eight to $9,000 safety net if something drastically goes wrong with your rig. If you don't have the money and your home is broken down with a busted transmission or engine and you know you don't have any money to cover it, then you're kind of out of luck. I think having a good buffer on top of that would be my main goal, but it's definitely doable. Cody Parker. Tell the story of camping in PCB and the struggles. Oh man, 
Panama City Beach. So Panama City Beach was a, uh, it was the first time that I actually stopped somewhere and worked. So that was my very first van. Didn't have any toilet, no shower, very rudimentary cabinets. I didn't have a fridge. And I was on the road, I needed some money, and I had worked in the service industry, and it just happened to be spring break at the time. So I went to two different clubs, and I said, hey, I'm here, I, I'm willing to work here for spring break. I have experience barbacking, I can do security, whatever you need to do. Both places called me back. The first place that called me back offered me a job, and I ended up working there for a month and a half, and I had, like, including going out from time to time and going out to eat and hanging out with friends, I had six thousand extra dollars after a month and a half working um, at the bars there. Um, it really wasn't a struggle because the place that I worked allowed me to park outside, and I purchased a bike from Walmart there, so I was able to bike back and forth and go to the different restaurants and you know kind of hang out. So honestly, in Panama City Beach, I was kind of living in luxury. I was making some good money, and uh, I had a place to park. And with this lifestyle, if you make a little bit of money and you have a safe place to park. That's all you need. I mean, it's it's very simple. If if you are doing, you know, if, if you're not going out to eat every night, if you're not spending money on things you don't really need to, it's 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 very easy. Amanda, no problem for the reply. Uh, Sumarie, may I ask if you don't have a permanent address, how do you vote in elections? So, I have a permanent address. And for me to vote, I have to go back to that address. So if if you are very big into the voting system, you can do that. Or you can do absentee voting. Um, so it just depends on the person and how you want to do that. Alan Lacey. Uh, does Battleborn also install systems? They do not that I know of. Um, typically, you have to order the, the kit and then um, find an installer close to you. Um, but there's like with with the amount of people wanting to go tiny and getting camper vans and everything, there's a lot more people that are you know making that their their main business because there is such a huge demand for people to install solar gear now. Um, but yeah, I, I love my Battleborns. Uh, they they work really well, and I'm glad I went with them. Beverly, as a novice financial, is it better to buy a van already done or work with a good builder? How do you know who is good? So that's a good question. Um, I always go with, like in terms of builders, I always check their Google reviews and online reviews. Uh, good builders, for example, one key thing that always happens with good builders is they will have people that they've worked with before, like say somebody's on Instagram or whatever, they'll link their Instagram to their website or their, their actual social. Because the build is good, and the person that actually had the, the work done before, you can message them directly and ask them about how the build process went, how things are holding up, because those builders are proud of their work. Uh, that is, like, if, if a builder doesn't have testimonials or they don't have anything linked to people they worked with in the past, that's a red flag in my opinion. And in terms of doing it yourself versus the builder, I mean, it really comes down to cost. And, you know, how fancy you, you want to get. If you just want a rudimentary build that will get you on the road quick, then throw a futon in there and 
build some simple cabinets and hit, hit the road. I mean, that's definitely doable if you have the income and you have the time to wait. Because I think right now most builders are six months to a year out to get anybody in. Um, especially the established builders that have a good reputation. Uh, then go go with the builder. I mean, it's there, there. there's pros and cons to both. There's pros and cons of going with a school bus versus a camper van. There's pros and cons of going with a traditional tiny house to a fifth wheel. You know, so that's... That's that's kind of a deep question, but you know the the basics of it. Like like I said, I think uh, just depends on your timing, and uh, how much you have to invest in into the lifestyle. Because I know people that will do a very simple build. They'll figure out if the road is good for them, the nomadic lifestyle is good for them, and then they will, you know, sell that initial rig and then invest in a in one that's custom built because they might realize they need a bigger shower or they might realize they actually need a uh, full XL versus a queen. You know, they're, they're able to, to test the waters, if you will, with, with their first rudimentary build, figure out if this lifestyle is for them, and then they can continue on to something else. So Beverly, it, it really depends, but I always suggest people, you know, go to uh, outdoorsy.com I think I think it's outdoorsy.com where you can rent a camper van, you can rent a motorhome and see what what works for you and what doesn't. If if this lifestyle is something you really want to do and then go from there or just do a simple build and hit the road and figure out what you want. Cuz that's what I did. Like my my first van, I was, you know, traveling around with my husky for a month and a half and I really got a taste for the lifestyle and realized that I would do anything to continue the lifestyle. Hence where, where I'm at now with, with the businesses and living in my school bus right now. Uh, so I would suggest uh, testing the waters. But that is it for the questions. But I appreciate everybody for watching. If you do have any additional questions, uh, if you're watching the playback of this, uh, be sure to leave it in the comments and I will get to it tomorrow morning. I uh, got a little bit of a later start today, had to do some laundry and some other work. Uh, so um, it'll be around 9.30, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. And once again, thanks for watching.